This is the Street Savvy Marketer Podcast, episode number 108, part two of our conversation with Target Marketing Magazine's Thorin McGee. From the nation's heartland, this is the Street Savvy Marketer Podcast. Ideas and conversations with business and marketing experts. Here's the street savvy marketer, Jim Raposa. Well, look, we're back at this together, aren't we? Here on the Street Savvy Marketer Podcast, I'm Jim Raposa, and we're going to jump into our conversation with Thorne McGee. Have you taken some notes on what you heard in episode number 107? That would be the first part of our conversation with Thorne. Uh, what a brain dump. This guy is a font of information when it comes to marketing. And as I said on the last episode, while Thorne is not a marketer himself in, in the sense that he has clients that he does his stuff for, he is so well connected. He is just a, a great resource. And as you could tell, a really fun guy. Great laugh. And he's got stats down like you wouldn't believe. He knows the craft. So we're going to get into our conversation, uh, part two of our conversation, I should say, with Target Marketing Magazine's Thorne McGee in just a second. This is the Street Savvy Marketer Podcast. Three letters, one spine-tingling feeling. I-R-S. Can you feel your wallet shaking just a bit? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problem now by calling the experts at U.S. Tax Shield. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. Call now, 800 542 That's 800-542-6227. U.S. Tax Shield, 800-542-6227. This is the Street Savvy Marketer Podcast. Here's the Street Savvy Marketer, Jim Raposa. I am Jim Raposa, the Street Savvy Marketer, and we're back with the second part of our two-part conversation with Target Marketing Magazine Editor-in-Chief, and content manager, and uh, what else? Do you, uh, you're the cleanup pitcher as well, I think, for the team over there. <laughs> Thorin McGee is our guest on this episode of the Street Savvy Marketer Podcast. And I should mention that when I first approached Thorin about appearing on the Street Savvy Marketer Podcast, I stressed, I promised you, Thorin, didn't I? 20 to 25 minutes would be all the time I need with you. I've got a few. I got some more time. Jim, please go on. I appreciate that a, a whole bunch. So here we are, virtually doing a two-man morning radio show. <laughs> I, I really appreciate your generosity and, uh, and not telling me to just shove off and hang up the phone on me. <laughs> I'm having a good time here. Great. Yeah. So a quick recap of what we discussed in uh, the first half of our conversation, some of the tips, tricks, and secrets of marketing via social media, especially Facebook, the necessity of writing your posts and your ad copy with the audience in mind, not with you or your business in mind. You're going to focus it on the audience, on your prospective customers and your current customers for that matter. And at the end of our last episode, that would be episode number 107 for those of you keeping score at home, we discussed uh, introducing character or a character into the marketing copy and 
That that can be very effective. That is an incredibly effective tool to use. Mm-hmm. People plug into that. They plug into characters. They plug into stories. But still, Thorne, you you do need to ask for the sale, and you need to tell folks what's next, what the next steps are, have a, a CTA, a call to action. Yeah. By introducing a character, and again, I'm asking for your opinion, Thorne, mm-hmm. does this make that part of the conversation, something that has to be or should be a little bit softer than maybe it traditionally has in the past where, you know, you got the huckster saying, oh, here you go. We got everything all set on this piece of paper. (laughs) Sign right here. Press hard. It's cheap carbon. I mean, do you have to be softer than that now? Um, Well, you need to understand where you need to understand where you are in the buying cycle. Mm -hmm. You know, ideally, you want to be able to identify that with everyone you're talking to. In practice, most often you are channeling that based on the kind of content you're creating for that thing you're working on right then. You know, there there is a time in the buying cycle to show that message, to ask for the sale from your audience, from your prospect. There's a lot of times before that in the buying cycle where you start kind of upping the sales factor to what you're doing. Mm. But you need to understand your buying cycle and you need to create your content to move to one, attract audience in the beginning. So it's it's basically you need to create content that's going to attract your target audience, the target market. Then you need to kind of have other plans in place and other pieces of content. Or maybe it's as simple as having a kind of a qualification button. Click here for more information and you know, okay, they've clicked that. Now I'm talking to them in a different tone. But you need to have that plan for how do you go from the here's the informational, entertaining, educational content that I'm using, that I'm just sharing with you to give you something, to here's the stuff where we start talking about, well, you know, do you need a solution like this? Why would you choose our solution over the competition? Here's the deal. Here's my best offer to you. And all of that stuff is part of the strategy. It just can't be done all at once yeah. is what it comes down to. So you need to understand your sales funnel. Anyone in complex sales or in B2B has been doing this for years because the, the you know, lead generation through lead nurturing and the sales funnel is part of everything they do. In the B2C space, it has not been. But when you're talking about leveraging these social media platforms, it becomes a bigger deal because a lot of the way you're generating content is your own sales funnel. You need to have that total strategy and execute that total strategy to go from the attraction content to the nurturing content to the actual sales content. And there's a time. There are people on that site who want you to say, hey, here's my best offer. How'd you like to buy it now? But you don't want to serve it to the people who it's going to push away. Figuring that out, well, that's the art of it. You know, <laughs> There's always uh, some art and some science. That's the art. And that can also vary based on what the product or service is that you're selling. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm sorry, but I think that is what I was trying to get at is that, um, you know, in B2B, that that's one way and B2C, it's another way. It, it, it does. In fact, I would, it's not just product area. It's for every company, those things are different. Because they change even based on what position you have in your own market. Mm-hmm. Uh, what angle do you intend to take to, to, to win those customers instead of your, your competition? You know, you're not going to do the same things. Even your direct, most similar competition does. Because you've got to have your own plan that's going to get you, get you your segment uh, and try to take as much of their segment as you can. Tell me, in this age of email marketing, digital media, social media, pay-per-click, snail mail is still quite effective for some folks in the marketing industry they kind of scratch their heads sometimes it's younger people um <laughs> not you know i'm not trying to box people in but you know well hey, on the on the other hand you have millennials who uh well, if, if we're fair millennials are now entirely in the workforce so um, they're not the younger younger people anymore uh but you've had recent research come out saying millennials prefer directly on a lot of ways that it does connect with them and that they'd rather you can contact them that way than clutter up their inbox or their social media feed with ads. Mm-hmm. I think direct mail is still a really important channel. 
And I think when you talk to marketers, very seldom do you hear marketers tell you direct mail doesn't work. What you do hear a lot of is companies that are, that provide direct mail services who have stopped seeing growth in their market and started seeing contraction. They tend to be, you know, they, they tend to kind of take up the, you know, oh my God, save direct mail angle. And I can understand why. You know, uh, there's that, that old commercial that said only in growth do all plants get watered. Well, <laughs> if, if you're offering direct mail services, you may feel that you're in that place. Yeah. But I think when you look at it from a marketer's point of view, Direct mail is still very successful at the right time and place and selling the right products. It lets you have a tactile, physical contact with the consumer. It breaks through that wall of noise they're seeing on the, on the Internet and on TV. It does have a place, but you've got to figure out that place based on where it fits into your own marketing strategy. I think it's very important. Whether or not you're going to use it has a lot to do with what is the value of a customer to you and what is the lifetime value of a customer because it is, in theory, direct mail is more expensive than email. There's a lot of ways you can slice that equation, of course. You know, you've got to have a product and a lifetime value of that customer that enables you to do the kind of direct mail that's going to break through. But if you have those things, I think it's a fantastic channel. I think it blows some people's minds, maybe not marketers' minds, but when I have these conversations with people about direct mail as part of their campaign strategy, it blows them away when I mention that Google regularly uses direct mail, snail mail, to hawk their pay-per-click services and everything else that they got. And not that long ago, I started getting phone calls, telemarketing calls. <laughs> and and I just laughed. And I've had several over the last several weeks uh, or a couple of months anyway. And it's I just laugh when I get it because it's like, yeah, this just reinforces what a lot of us in marketing have, have been saying. You can't rely on one channel. You've got to have multiple channels out there. And even Google understands that. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're just kind of preaching a, an idea that makes sense to us. The big Google mothership is doing the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if uh, all things, and I realize you're, you're with a magazine, you're not out doing this stuff every day, but you are so attuned to this, Thorne. If I came to you with an ad budget, and I insisted on social media being the core of my campaign success. After you kind of looked at me a little peculiarly, I wonder where would you tell me I should best allocate funds, if at all? Well, you know, actually, I probably wouldn't look at you that peculiarly because I think there's a lot of, especially if you're a new company, trying to grab initial market share. I think there's a lot of companies, a lot of the most exciting marketing I see is from companies that are only marketing online. Uh, and what I'm thinking of when I'm talking about that is these um, a lot of the companies that are that are starting on Kickstarter or on one of the other funding websites essentially pre-selling based on videos and based on social media to get people to fund the first production run of their product. Uh, the one in particular I'm thinking of is um, there's a speaker that's been hounding me across Facebook uh, and did a tra- fantastic job. I'm not I'm not buying it, but I've clicked on their link like 20 times uh, to take a good look at it. And they're doing that entirely using uh, you know online marketing. Kickstarter, social media. So essentially, that if you're not familiar, the way Kickstarter works is that you you have a product or you have you have something you want to do. You have a project you want to do. You describe the project. You create videos to help show the audience what you want to do and for them to share. And you create funding channel like funding levels. Uh, where you might go, give us a dollar, just, you know, the, the top level might be one dollar just to, just, to, just to back the product, project and keep us going. Very quickly, you get into levels of you're going to buy one product, you're going to buy two products, you're going to buy a product with these special features. And each one of those says, you know, that buy a product is kind of your core price. The buy two products might be a deal to get two products. The special features is another, your core price plus premium price for the extra things you're getting. You might have another level where it's like for a thousand dollars, your name goes on the box of the entire first run of the product. Mm-hmm. So you have these funding levels that people can pre-fund what they're going to buy from you. And then you use video 
to engage that audience and to get shared around social media. And a lot of them are doing very aggressive Facebook advertising because, you know, you can look at, well, hey, I sell speakers. I want this to get in front of people who kind of have this bunch of interest that I think are going to be interested in this. And you essentially pre-sell your entire first run for mm -hmm. enough money to pre-fund your company. And I've seen a lot of those companies that kick off and, and launch successful companies by doing that entirely online. And that's fine. There is a time in your company's life cycle when it is okay to say, look, I'm just getting the customers I want to, I can get through this channel, and we want to see if this goes somewhere. So if you're offering me that budget, say I want it to be a social media focused kind of project, I'm going to look for something like that. Even if you were an established company, I'm going to look at it and say, okay, if we're going to leverage social media in that way, we need something we can build a community around, something that we can kind of spin off as its own thing that people want to fund and back alone. And I'd go at it that way. And then I would start trying to identify who are the communities on social media. What models can I go after? What profiles can I go after with Facebook advertising to, you know, one, I build a site to appeal to them and I build a Facebook presence to appeal to them. And then I, I identify them and I promote that presence to them. And I have some content on there, but I have a lot of stuff talking about how cool our company is and how much they, and to make them want to be involved. And I give them a chance to come by it. That's the sort of thing I would do if I'm doing a, a, a social media focused campaign. You need to build content and you, you need to create community because that community is really what's going to fuel the success of your social media campaign. Content, mm -hmm. community. You need to get people who want to buy it, even if it's not out yet. That's, that's the kind of thing you want to do on social media. So that's what I would do if that was the directive. If the directive was, you know, okay, we're an established company and here's our media budget, I would spread that around more. You know, you're going to want to diversify some. You're going to want to take a close look at uh, what is the return on investment for one sale? What is the lifetime value of a customer? Uh, what are the different customer personas? And how am I going to access each of these personas? And some of them are going to get direct mail. Some of them are going to, I'm going to, you're going to go out to their TV. Some of them you are going to go out to social media. I wouldn't necessarily say come up with a strategy ahead of time. You can apply it to every company. It's all got to be based on what does your company do and who do you want to sell to and, and what's your total strategy. I think you need to customize everything based on that. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well put. Thank you. This is better than being on Shark Tank, just kicking around some ideas <laughs> with you. Uh, I got lucky. I got to interview Damon John a couple months ago. Maybe maybe I rubbed off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't talk to Mister Wonderful, and and he didn't tell you that you're you're dead to him. So you managed to survive. You got Damon down there, but uh, but that was cool. Hey, Thorne McGee, Thank I, you. I I appreciate so much your time and your willingness to be a part of the podcast. And I just can't thank you enough for being on. You have shared an awful lot of insight into what is for many people, including those, some of some of us in marketing, uh, murky waters uh, and navigating through the uh, uh, the landscape of, uh, of social media advertising. So thank you so much for being on the Street Savvy Marketer podcast. I appreciate it. Jim, thank you very much for having me. I've had a really good time. And, uh, you know, I think I wanted to sum up everything we, we talked about. It's, you know... Uh yeah, know your company. Know, know your company. Know yourself, and, and know know your customers. Uh, you know, target everything we've talked about. Really comes down to that: is that you've got to customize what you're going to do based on uh, based on what makes sense to you from a business point of view, and based on what your uh, what makes sense to reach your customers and what they want. Um, so yeah, I know it's, it's, it is a bit murky, but I think it's murky because it's just unique to everyone. Yeah. I think if you really understand your business, I think it gets crystal clear. Well, sometimes I'm as sharp as a bowling ball, so you you got the better of me on that one. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I think we've all felt that way sometimes. That's the path you got to walk, though. You, know, you, gotta, uh, yeah, you figure those things out, the rest of it falls into place. That's what they tell me, so I'm just going to keep doing it. I appreciate <laughs> it, Thorne. Hey, Jim. Doing good work here. Thank you very much for having me. There he goes, folks, off into the sunset. Thorne McGee from Target Marketing Magazine. Yeah, a little polite studio applause. 
sounds more like a way people clap when they're at a golf tournament, doesn't it? Anyway, we have a little bit more to share with you in just a little bit here on the Street Savvy Marketer Podcast. Don't go away. Get a little surprise for you. This is the Street Savvy Marketer Podcast. Are you looking for senior care for your mom or dad but don't know where to start? Hi, I'm Jen London with The Place for Mom. Nobody knows your parent or loved one better than you, and nobody knows senior living better than the experts at A Place for Mom. They've helped thousands of families find the right place for their mom or dad. I was so glad that I called A Place for Mom. My advisor really listened and was truly my partner in finding senior care for my dad. She went out of her way to get to know him as a person and was always there whenever I had a question. The senior living advisors at A Place for Mom partner with thousands of families every month, listening and offering local knowledge and advice to help find the best senior living communities across the country. And it's a free service. Here's the number. Call A Place for Mom at 1-800-473-7516. There's a place for answers, A Place for Mom. Call today. Call A Place for Mom at 1-800-473-7516. That's 1-800-473-7516. Here's the Street Savvy Marketer, Jim Raposa. Just wanted to take a couple of moments to let you know of our next guest, and she is a remarkable woman. Her name is Lisa Woodruff. Maybe you've heard of Lisa. She has a website called Organize365.com. That's Organize. And then the number's 365, organize365.com. She also has a podcast herself called Professional Organizers Think Tank Podcast. And just like the Street Savvy Marketer Podcast, you can check Lisa out on iTunes as well with the Professional Organizers Think Tank Podcast. And I thought this show had a very long name. And maybe you've seen Lisa on her YouTube channel with all of her YouTube videos. What Lisa does, if you haven't guessed by now, she is a professional organizer. Actually, she bills herself as as one of those crazy, productive, ultra-organized people you love to hate. Hate? No! Not my pal Lisa Woodruff. That's impossible. You can't do that. Anyway, Lisa is going to uh, give us some tips about how to get organized, how to streamline the environment that we worked in. She's helped me quite a bit, and I think she's going to be able to help you too if this is something that you face. What do you do with all those envelopes, all those piles of paper? Of course, I say that, and I have several piles of paper over here. Sorry, Lisa. But here's some of what Lisa will share with us next time around. I teach people to take a basket, and if you own a business, you need two baskets. And you put every single piece of paperwork into that basket. Now, what that does is it cleans off your desk or your kitchen counter so you can actually work and puts everything in one area so that you can handle it on a regular basis. Now, the key is you have to handle it on a regular basis. Like, pretend it's a bill that's due every single week. And you're going to touch every single piece of paper before you put it back in the basket. And you're going to say, does this have to be done before next Sunday. If it is, you keep it out. If it's not, it goes right back in the laundry basket. Organizer extraordinaire Lisa Woodruff on the next edition of the Street Savvy Marketer podcast. My thanks again to Thorin McGee from Target Marketing Magazine for being a guest on this and the previous episode of the Street Savvy Marketer podcast. Oh yeah, give him another round of applause. As a matter of fact, he deserves bigger applause than that. Hey, that's the stuff. Fitting to a rock star like Thorin McGee. Absolutely. 
Hey, uh, I want to let you know that uh, we certainly appreciate your feedback. Uh, get all kinds of great uh, emails and even somebody saying, how come you sound like your nose is stuffed up? It's called allergies. Feedback. You got it? Tell us. Uh, on this or any other episode of the Street Savvy Marketer podcast, you can send an email to Street Savvy. That's Street Savvy at Confidesk. C-O-N-F-I-D-E-S-K. Confidesk. Dot com, street savvy at confidesk.com, where you can find that email address on our website at streetsavvymarketer.com. Very easy, streetsavvymarketer.com. If you'd like to leave a comment, if you're listening through iTunes or Stitcher Radio, you can do that right there as well, or of course, the website, as I mentioned. This is Jim Raposa. Thanks again for listening in. Catch you next time. So long. You've been listening to the Street Savvy Marketer Podcast. For more on this and previous episodes, go to streetsavvymarketer.com. Tell a friend about us. Thanks for listening. A presentation of Raposa Media. Raposa.